This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all my superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I want to thank you once again for your loyal listenership. I want to thank my uh, corporate sponsors, my friends over at Halton Honda, for believing in myself, the guests, and the content of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald for supporting me in that regard. I want to also thank my friends and family over at the C-Suite Radio Network, where, of course, following our live shows, you can find the podcast links uploaded to my host page. So I'm going to get right into this. I am joined by, yet again, another phenomenal guest. My guest today is a gentleman by the name of Terry Gassaway. So who is who is Terry? Well, what I can tell you about Terry is that at the age of 42, Terry noticed that he was always tired. He weighed 212 pounds on a 5 foot 9 3 quarter frame and it wasn't muscle. And his body seemed to hurt all the time, even when not exercising. He seemed to get the flu every season, had chronic sinus infections and nasal allergies and had trouble losing weight. At one point, because of how he felt and along with online research he was doing, he honestly thought he might have cancer. His doctors told him he simply needed to eat less and exercise more. After a brief yet somewhat confrontational interaction with one of his doctors, who also told him if he didn't change his ways, he was going to die, and a mountain climbing experience, he decided he had to make a change, but he wasn't quite sure what that change needed to be. In 2009, after his mountain climbing experience and at the instant heckling of one of the guys at his church, he started actively exercising by cycling, lifting weights, and some running. Re-entry into working out was brutal. His recovery time seemed to take weeks, not days, and he didn't seem to be getting the results he had hoped for or thought he should be getting. He honestly thought the efforts and pain weren't worth it. He almost gave up and quit. In 2010, he met some health and wellness practitioners who diagnosed him with and taught him about candida or yeast in the body. He had never heard of such a thing, but at this point he was willing to do anything to change how he was feeling. The practitioners helped him change how he ate, walked him through his first candida cleanse, which helped him manage the yeast overgrowth and reset the good biotica in his body and completely changed his life forever. The process and transformation that he went through was so stupendous that educating people on yeast overgrowth candida in the body has become one of his life's passions. Terry is a seasoned corporate veteran with 25 years plus of sales and marketing experience and holds a business degree from Concordia University. Terry now works with his wife, Maria, full-time on their MyWellnessCleanse.com and doTERRA business. 
Terry has a passion for helping others change their lives through fitness, nutrition, and healthy eating. Terry and Maria have a blended family of nine children and reside in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Welcome, my friend. How are you, Terry? Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. I appreciate you helping me tell my story and being on your show. Well, it's an important story to tell. And, you know, whether people can relate to your exact set of circumstances or not, to me, that's not really the point. The point is, and we are obviously going to get into the nuts and bolts of your whole story, your personal story, as well as your backstory. But I think people can glean inspiration. I think people can learn some tools. And I think people can get inspired just by knowing that somebody else who has overcome uh, obstacles oftentimes has to deal with ongoing challenges because, I mean, there is no there's no easy street. It doesn't mean that because you've been successful in accomplishing some things that uh, everything else in your life just instantly becomes seamless and effortless. So I think the story that you have for us today and the fact that you chose to get out of your own way and got comfortable with being uncomfortable, that's really the, the story that's going to resonate with the listening audience, knowing that this story is all about, uh, my show is all about personal development and personal growth, mindset, leadership. Etc. Etc. And of course, at the crux of that, living fearlessly, which you do do, you embody that, and so you truly do walk your talk. So I want to say congratulations to you, Terry, on all your successes and uh, and really taking some of your most difficult moments and really turning it into your passion and your purpose, and therefore helping other people along the way. So good on you, Terry. Congratulations. Well, thank you. That's very gracious. Um, like you mentioned. It's it's interesting what uh, each of us is faced with in our, in our different journeys here. And so, uh, with that said, my experience I know um, at first I thought it was unique, and then as as you're probably aware, as you you start either sharing your story or uh, moving past the fear of telling your story, you find out there's a lot of people that are going through very similar circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is why I love this show, because I love people who really, they just bear their soul. They talk about all the, the, the trials and the tribulations and, you know, and, and really kind of humanizing the story because people sometimes they see your success or they see the results. They see the tangible results. They see that you've now turned it into uh, a way of imparting your message with the masses, helping people get off the fence in their own lives. But sometimes people, they, there's that misconception or that misnomer that everything, again, is easy and and uh, effortless in your life. And therefore, people can't feel that they can relate to you when, in fact, people like you who are very vulnerable, very candid, very open and talking about the challenges and the obstacles, that's relatable. To me, that's authentic leadership, and that's where people buy in and connect with you. So, again, anybody who's on this show, generally nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, these are the people who just bear it all and talk quite openly and candidly about what it is to be a human being because we all go through stuff. Do we not, Terry? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, um, that's what attracted me to your show. And I think that having the opportunity to uh, share my story will hopefully have the uh, effect of, of helping others who are maybe in that position. Uh, to your point, uh, a lot of times we do, we, we see the end result and then um, we don't know the whole backstory or what people have gone through. And I think it's, it's actually fascinating to me to find out what they have overcome to get to where they're at. That's, that's what's inspiring to me, not just the end result, but the journey. 
Absolutely. And clearly, you know, for you being a guest on this show and for what you continuously do in your daily life, which of course does require not only fierce commitment and a core fundamental belief in self, but it's also taking massive action. You know, it's not just about manifesting things or, you know, if you're a good person, things are just naturally going to align with you. You actually have to take massive action. So let's talk about some of the massive action that you've taken in your life, Terry. What precipitated that outside of maybe just as I plugged in the bio, uh, at the top of the hour, uh, the weight loss, candida, all that kind of stuff, all the things that were affecting your health. You know, what else was going on in your life prior to that that maybe that was just part and parcel of it but not the full scope of the whole journey? You bring up a very good point. I think at the time, and, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm alone in this, um, whether we want to deem it, you know, a midlife, I don't want to say crisis, but just, uh, well, I think so. I'm going to talk both to, to male and female. I mm-hmm. uh, many of us go through this cycle. I call it of where uh, you know we're we're in our 20s, and you know whether we're in good shape or not in good shape. I don't I don't know. For me, I gone through this cycle where uh, I was a young adult. I was in pretty good shape. I got married, got involved in you know working, supporting a family. Uh, I, most of my, my jobs were corporate jobs involving travel, um, eating on the road, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then as, as, as age progressed, and, and I find a lot of people, I don't know what it is about late 30s, early 40s, uh, you know, as you mentioned in my bio, all of a sudden I found myself in this spot where, and I'm sure a lot of it was probably emotionally driven in conjunction with being physically driven. But I, I didn't feel good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, didn't feel, I didn't feel good emotionally. Um, I didn't feel good physically. Uh, I'm sure, wh- however we want to equate, you know, emotional with mentally. Um, I didn't feel like I was on my game, like mm-hmm. I could be or should be. And so, uh, you know, and at this time in my life, I had. Uh, uh, at that time, I had three little girls, and uh, this, this was my first marriage. Mm-hmm. And and so, but I remember one day just waking up and just saying to myself, I don't feel good. However, or whatever that represented, physically, mentally, emotionally. And so, um, at that time, I... I guess that was kind of the pinnacle to where it was a very kind of an epiphany, if you will, to where mm-hmm. I, I knew, I knew something wasn't right. I didn't know what, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know mm-hmm. what was going on emotionally, physically, um, which I think is what spurred kind of the, 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 the mental as well. And when I say mentally, just, uh, I call it brain fog or just mm-hmm. forgetfulness, things where, I knew that uh, in in my previous life I had been sharper or whatever, and so as I looked at that, I I knew I needed to change something. And and I come into contact with a lot of people who have that similar experience where they get to a point in their life and it's like uh, for whatever reason, whether it's you know not eating right, not exercising, um, not not being in a healthy relationship, uh, not being in a in a healthy not being in in, in healthy employment mm-hmm. um, because I think that contributes to all of that and so 
that's where my journey started. I just remember waking up one day and just it was it just hit me uh, kind of like right in the forehead that, that something's mm-hmm. wrong. And so that's that's where it initially started. From there, and I don't mean to be facetious, but um, I had a nephew who was he was about ten, probably twelve years younger than me, and he, he said, "Uncle Uncle Terry, you just need to go climb a mountain." Like what? Hmm. What better? Yeah. What what better thing to get somebody out of whatever they're going through than to go climb a mountain? And I'm like, you know, I had heard about people climbing mountains, and not only metaphorically but physically. Right. Uh, so, so I'll just segue into my mountain climbing story. Um, we had uh, we had attempted one climb on a mountain in Washington, uh, Mount Adams, and we had actually made it to what they call the false summit. And then we hit uh, winds that were uh, just like 64-mile-an-hour winds. And so we mm-hmm. had deemed that it wasn't safe to, to continue climbing. Um, but the fact that I had made it that far with some training but not a lot of training was pretty was pretty motivating. Um, at the same time, it took me like two weeks to recover from doing that, which I thought was wow. – yeah, I thought it was a little excessive. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> so, so a, a plug for, you know, whether it's better mental and physical training, um, in conjunction with, you know, probably better eating. Uh, about a, about a year later, he, he wanted to go climb another mountain. And this is, uh, so this was Mount Hood outside of Portland, Oregon. And the way that that works is that Typically, uh, people will start climbing at about midnight, and the reason they do that is so that they can time their summit to be at sunrise. Mm. So we drove up earlier that evening. Uh, we were all in this van, and um, he had some friends come from Idaho, and they were all younger than I, I was, which that, that the age wasn't a big deal. They were just in better shape. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of making a plug for – I guess maybe knowing more about what you're getting into before you just go off and do something. <laughs> but, so we started climbing this mountain and, um, it, it, we got about, I don't know, at, at about 6,000 feet up, I really started to feel it. And then at about 9,000 feet, I was like, dear God, please just take me. Cause I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, it was getting really tough. And we had about, I don't know, 2,000 more feet to go. And I don't, I don't know if I just meant mentally, you know, upper limited or self-sabotage, but, um, I ended up rolling my ankle in mountaineering boots. I don't know how that happens. Mm. And, and I was like, you know, I, I I'm kind of done right here. And so they, they went on to summit, but the story is this, um, by this time it was like 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm 9,000 feet up on a mountain, uh, just sucking wind to a degree that I, I honestly thought I was going to have a heart attack. And I'm, I'm looking out over the beautiful Willamette Valley, so all of Portland, all of the, s- the suburbs and everything. And I had this epiphany, I guess this was the big epiphany, that I needed to change something in my life really quick. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, I, I might die. I, I mm-hmm. and so, Back back to my bio about with with my doctors um, when I had woke up that one morning knowing that something needed to change. Kind of the first thing I did was I went to the doctor. I don't know, maybe that's I don't know that that's everybody's reaction, but 
that's where I had turned to for answers. And, um, you know, my GP, my general practitioner was just like, he's like, you know, you're, you, you need to lose some weight and you need to, you need to change your food. But he wasn't super adamant about it. You know what I mean? He was just like, here, here's some, here's some things you could do. And, and then it wasn't, I went back for a follow-up appointment and he wasn't there. And, and God bless this, this, uh, this woman. She was a, a, a Chinese doctor. And I think in that culture, they're just more direct. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I had come back in for a follow-up and, uh, we're sitting there and she's talking to me and, and I, and she had an accent, so she, mm-hmm. she, she called me Miss Agassaway. <laughs> and she's like, she's looking at me very sternly, and she's mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, Miss Agassaway, uh, I need to show you, you know, she showed me the body mass index. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that, Lisa? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, she's like, okay, uh, <laughs> you weigh, you know, at this time, I, I think I'd lost a little weight, like down to 200, 205. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, you, you weigh 205 pounds, uh, body mass index, good weight for you, 155. And wow. I'm like, I'm like, okay. And you know, I, I honestly said this and I, I'm not proud of it, but I, I quipped back that, well, I think that, that, that body mass index was made for Asian people because they're so slender. Right. Anyway, and, <laughs> and she didn't find that very funny and she just, <laughs> She just looked at me and she was the one that told me, she's like, um, you know, if you don't change, you, and this is, these are the words that stuck in my head. You gonna die. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, I was offended. And, uh, but she was very serious and she just told me that as, as we age, um, you know, it's better to, to lean out. And she goes, mm-hmm. if you want to have a longer life, if you want to have a happier life, here's some things you need to look at. And I was like, um, and I had, anyway, I'd gotten to this weight, been here. And so between having that conversation with, uh, with that gracious now doctor, mm-hmm. and then and here I am up on this mountain and, uh, I'm like, okay, it's, it's game time. You can't wait any longer. And so I, I shuffled back down the mountain cause I couldn't really walk. So mm-hmm. I, Kind of glissaded back down to the van. I was grateful to get back in and just sleep. <laughs> and, you know, just, oh. And, and, and then literally that next, uh, that next Sunday, um, as you mentioned in, in my bio, I had had this, uh, this, uh, friend. Uh, he's a friend now at my church who he had not so tactfully been telling me that I needed to start moving. You mm-hmm. just got, you got to start doing something, Terry. And he, I think is probably 14 years my my senior or 14 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew he was into cycling. I used to be into cycling. And so, but I, I mean, I don't know. I think everybody knows when you start, when you haven't been exercising or eating right, and then you think about starting again, mm-hmm. it's daunting sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you- you said a few things I, I got to touch upon here because I don't want to lose this. This is going to be important for the listening audience. So kind of circling back to what you said, you know, and it's not even just about weight loss. You know, what I absolutely love about people 
uh, particularly people who don't have an actual connection to you. Because sometimes I find friends and family, you know, you can love your family. I'm not, I'm not here to disrespect those bonds and those connections, but oftentimes people who are in leadership type positions, people who have journeyed the way in which you've journeyed, the way I've journeyed, you know, you got to get people outside of your comfort zone. The people who are always going to be your cheerleaders and rah, 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 and who are going to love you unconditionally. Uh, perhaps, but you've got to find the people who really know their stuff, who just kind of don't mince words, say it like it is, because those are, I mean, you're here talking today about something that really pivotally changed your life and perhaps was life saving. Um, you know, because the people who, <clears throat> the people who are like rah, 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 and you know, you can do no wrong and, you know, don't hold you accountable. I mean, to me, that's a disservice. It's counterintuitive. I think people who really do care about you, uh, p- people who can really foresee in some cases where it is you're going that might not be in a, in a good place, you know, they owe it to you to tell the truth. And that's not a good place to be for some people. People don't want to rock the apple cart. People don't want to say anything potentially offensive. People don't want to say anything where there's going to be backlash. But oftentimes the people who are direct, the people who are bold, the people who just call it out for what it is, these are the people who end up becoming our mentors. These are the people who have an idea of what it is that they're talking about that really reshifts and recalibrates not only our mindset, not only our attitude towards things and relearning things and starting from grassroots and and, uh, ground zero, it's, you know, it's life transformational and it can be life saving, which was probably the case in your situation, Terry. And I'm so glad that that doctor said it to you exactly in the way that she said it, because you might not be here today. No, I, I fully believe that um, based on. Well, so here's some interesting background that um, just for listeners and for you is uh in my family, we have an issue with type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, um, at the age of 40 or 38, was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And then, um, and I knew that, you know, I watched him. And so mm-hmm. I had tried to do certain things, but here I was, you know, whatever, 40 plus pounds overweight. And, and in hindsight, to your point, this woman knew exactly. Yeah. And she, she had the brass and whatever mm-hmm. to, to just say, listen, dude, um, <laughs> you don't, you don't get it because, and I didn't, I didn't get all the factors that she was considering because I, I didn't have the medical acumen, um, at the mm-hmm. time. So she was, uh, here's another interesting note. Um, I only have one kidney and there's a story behind that, but I was born with a dead kidney. They removed it when I was like seven or eight. And wow. so. Going back, she was taking all of this into consideration. So renal, renal capacity, uh, history of type 2 diabetes in the family, and then just knowing that um, the studies now that come out for the issues that are tied to obesity versus, mm-hmm. you know, are just, it's, it's huge. So to, to your point, Lisa, exactly, she was saying, listen, I'm trying to help you live, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to help you live a, a higher quality life. And then this guy at my church, it, it was the same thing. He, uh, he, he had always been athletic, but he also knew the value of people making a transformation. And he, he's not the most tactful guy, uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he, he knew what I needed to do. And 
for whatever reason, his um, lack of tact or – he's a little militant. I, I don't mm-hmm. know that he was in the Army, but he was – he's one of these <laughs> – He's one of these these wrestler guys, you know. Yeah. He, he he's a wrestler. He was a high school wrestler, college wrestler. Uh, still, I think he was wrestling up until his sixties. He's like he's like sixty four now. Mm-hmm. But the fact, uh, so he would kind of prod me, and it wasn't to tease me, but I think it was to goat me into making a life change, which at the time I, I didn't appreciate. So again, mm-hmm. back to your point here, uh, another person that was uh, willing to step up and say, hey. Uh, it's time to do something different, and I'm willing to help. You might not like the way that I'm going to do it, but I'm going to help. And it did. So with uh, with Dennis, that's his name. With Dennis, he he's like, listen, let's. I'll just start taking you out on the bike. Well, this guy was a monster on the bike, and I, I kind of, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I want him taking me out on the bike, right? Yeah. There's so again uh, to your theme of living. Fearlessly, I had all this fear about reentry or working out again or trying to get back in shape and all these things that were like, oh, but that's going to hurt or that's, you know, that's probably going to suck or, yeah. or, or all this stuff. And, and finally one day he just, he was like, you just got to start, Terry, just yeah. start somewhere. So this was interesting. I, I, I got my, the joke is I, got my bike down from my garage and pumped up the tires because it had been hanging up there for (laughs) how many years, right? And there's a lot of people. I, You know, it's like the treadmill that you hang clothes on or, you know, my bike had been hanging up in my garage for like, you know, six years. And so I got my bike tuned up, got on there, started doing some rides on my own because I was afraid to go out with this guy because I, you know, I thought he was going to give me a heart attack. Right. And so I do a couple rides and, uh, finally I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go out with you. And, and sure enough, um, it wasn't within probably 20, 30 minutes. Uh, and he has pictures to prove this, Lisa. He had me, you know, he had me puking. Not to be, <laughs> not to be gross, but you know, when you, you, when you're starting back working, if you don't watch yes. it, you push your body to the point. And he looked at me and he goes, it's just what needed to happen. And he goes, you weren't going to do it by yourself. Yeah. And I was like, so literally, I'm here, you know, throwing up and he's taking <laughs> pictures of me with his phone. And, and I'm like, do you think that's funny? And he goes, yeah, I kind of think it's funny, but he goes, <laughs> but he goes even more so. He goes, I don't want you to forget. Yes. Right? Yes. This guy knew what he was doing. He yeah. knew what he was doing. Yeah. And, 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 and he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, we're going to publicly mock you. But at the same time, I don't want you to forget, you know, um, where you're coming from. And so, uh, and that happened several times for like the first two or three times that I went out with him. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess here's here's just where I'll go with Dennis because I had this 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 doctor, and then I Dennis had, the menace. Dennis the menace, exactly. <laughs> When he listens to this, he's going to die. But, but he, I mean, that's, so, um, we started riding together and, um, for the longest time, and I'll figure out a way how to segue this back in with my, my candida cleanse experience. Yeah. Um, he had to pull for me. So in cycling, you know how you ride behind somebody, it's called drafting. Yes. So for, for the longest time, I would just have to draft because I wasn't in good enough shape to pull. Mm. 
And so, and then he, he started working me in where he'd say, okay, you pull for a while. And then he would get bored because he'd be going slow, right? Because <laughs> I'm not going that fast. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, we did this for probably Lisa, probably a year. Beautiful. Okay. A year. Now, so let me, let me jump over to, uh, during this time. This hell. <laughs> yeah. This, seriously, I would dread, but I had got to the point where I could at least, you know, kind of keep up if he was pulling for me and I was drafting, I could keep up and depending mm-hmm. on who else we were riding with. But still the recovery, the recovery just, I, I was like, man, this, I know I'm getting older, but this seems like it's taken way too long. And, and Dennis was older than I was and, you know, he'd gotten in shape, but then he started talking to me about food and he started talking to me be excuse me, talking to me about sugar and some other stuff. And I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Because I had always, always been able just to work out and then eat whatever I want. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, my whole life, all I need to do is exercise, eat whatever I want. You know, it could be Mm -hmm. fast food, could be, you know, really bad, high saturated carb food or, or whatever. And all of a sudden that, that wasn't working anymore. That mm-hmm. just that had gone away, and I was like, "Dang!" So here, here's kind of my my timeline. So with him, I had got down to about 198 pounds. You think I would have lost more, but I, I didn't, and I think mm-hmm. that was due to diet change and, and actually what was going on in my body. So I got down to about 197, 198 pounds, and I was riding a, a lot. I was riding um, probably, you know, I don't know, 50 to 75 miles a week. And then, wow. and then, you know, and it'd be like broken up. We'd go on, you know, 20 mile rides or maybe a couple 20 mile rides and a longer one on Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. And then um, during the week, um, if I wasn't riding with him, I had this loop that I do is about a 12 mile loop. And then I'd end up at a, the, one of the local high schools and then, um, I'd have a backpack with me and carry my running shoes. I, would, I was trying to get to where I could bike and run. Wow. At some point in time, whether Dennis or somebody had put this notion in my head about doing, you know, uh, something, either a, a biathlon or a triathlon, that's another story. But, <laughs> but, so, so I would do that. And then, so here I was, and then I would, you know, do some, some upper body workout. And, so I was riding, I was doing a little running and upper body workout and I had heard about this, uh, wall or, you know, people plateauing with their mm-hmm. weight. And to me, it just ignorantly, it was like, well, they're just not working hard enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. You just got to break through. And I think there is some of that, but man, at this point, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with my body. And so, uh, I believe the universe has an amazing way if you're open to it, to be, mm-hmm. to people that, and so it was at this time that I met these, uh, these gals, these health and wellness practitioners, and they had talked to me about my food, and I was like, that's, that's baloney. I don't need to change my food. I don't eat that bad, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but the reality was I, I was eating a ton of like grains, and bread and pasta and then uh you know i had sugar in there and so i'll paraphrase the story but uh one of these gals had talked to me about changing my food and she goes if you really want to change your life you need to change your food 
And I was like, honestly, I don't know if it was just ego or what, but I was like, I, I really don't need to do that. I'm fine. If I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I look back and I'm like, man, just ignorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she uh, had told me that. And so I went the other route where I'm just going to work harder on the physical fitness. Right. And this mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't to demean working out, but there's, I think as most of us know, there's this, this, this nexus or this, Area where if you can combine healthy eating with fitness, that's that's the you know, yeah, know. that's the Ashlon. Yeah, exactly. Great, great word. So, and I hadn't figured that out yet. So I went the route of beating my head against the wall, doing all this exercise, not getting the results that I thought I should, and the recovery taking longer, and me being sore all the time. Which mm-hmm. um, being sore was fine. But I thought, man, something, something, I still had this notion that something was going on. Something wasn't right with my body. And so one day I had a session with these gals and they're talking to me. And finally they said, listen, we've tried to explain this to you in a way that, um, you know, how your food's affecting your body. And I don't know if I just didn't get it, but finally one of them came out and said, listen, you have yeast. Mm. And, I, and I'm like, you know, I'm doing the cross sign saying back away. You just <laughs> your, your bounds of telling a male that he has yeast. I just, okay, I, I, I was ignorant. <laughs> Didn't understand what they were talking about. And they're like, listen, it's not, it's not the same as, you know, you're thinking yeast in women. And I said, I don't, I don't get it. What are you telling me? I have yeast. And so here's, they, they kind of started, you know, um, ask me some questions like, you know, they knew about my, my chronic sinus infections and my mm-hmm. nasal allergies. And then they started explaining to me that that is all yeast based. And they said, listen, do you have athlete's foot? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's because <laughs> it's not because I'm an athlete. It's because I've got something in my body that's causing that, that fungus. And then they're like, you know, do you, do you itch in some other places? And I'm like, yeah, all guys do. And they're like, listen, <laughs> no, no, this is, this is all yeast related. Uh-huh. And so they were able to walk me back. So one of the gals was like, listen, find out when you had your first antibiotic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have no idea. She's like, call your mom. So I call my mom and I'm like, mom, when did I have my first antibiotic? And she goes, you were probably two years old. I was blown away. I had no idea that I had been given antibiotics at two years old. Hmm. And so, and so uh, she's like, yeah, you're probably two years old. You had an ear infection. And I had had chronic ear infections as a kid. And again, um, these ladies so kindly related to me and showed me that that was probably a yeast issue. But they said even even more important is that you – and then they, they had me ask some questions about my diet and how I grew up. And so – Basically, here's what happened, Lisa, is that mm-hmm. I had been given an antibiotic at a young age. And again, my parents, they didn't know better. They were doing the best they could with the information they had. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I grew up on a diet of, you know, pretty much, you know, white milk, uh, white sugar, white flour, white rice. And then um, not always processed foods, but, but a lot of pro- – we, we had a big family. We had seven kids. Mm-hmm. And, and so what they were trying to point out is that at two years old – uh, most likely, my GI tract had been compromised. And then unless, you know, at that time, unless you were a hippie or something, and I'm not <laughs> picking on hippies, but 
unless you were eating fermented foods or, you know, kimchi or stuff that was going to reintroduce um, those good probiotics and good flora back into your body. And their belief and my belief is this happens all over the U.S. and Canada mm-hmm. is that um, – and again, I'm grateful for modern medicine. I don't want to, uh, you know, dismiss that at all. But, and we have a lot more information nowadays, but back then, um, antibiotics, uh, were, were prescribed, and they're prescribed a lot now, with, mm-hmm. with no, but they were prescribed with no probiotic follow-up at all. I mean, just, wow. it just wasn't done. So, <laughs> they walked me through this kind of, uh, life story of what had happened, and then they had asked me about my allergies, some of my digestion, and they could tell me stuff about me that I was just blown away because they, they knew. So, to me, they made a very clear case that I felt impressed by that, well, I have a, I have a yeast overgrowth issue because what happens is when those antibiotics go in and destroy that gut flora, unless you replenish that with good biotica, the good yeast, so we all have good yeast in us, candida mm-hmm. albicans, and it's there to help work in harmony with our body with our good flora. But when that good flora gets wiped out and it's not reintroduced, it has no choice but just to grow because there's mm-hmm. nothing there to keep it in check. And so all of a sudden I was like, okay, what you're telling me, I it seems to make sense. I did some research on it, um, and it, it was like, I think this is, I think they're right. Finally, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm willing to listen, right? Finally. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they were like, yeah, because this was like six or seven months of them trying to tell me what they felt was going on, and then I was, I knew better, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so they, they, they put me on this process, um, to help mitigate or, you know, um, the yeast overgrowth where they, they gave me some digestive enzymes and then, um, they gave me some products that had like milk thistle and onion and garlic to help clear my liver. Mm-hmm. And then they gave me some other products. And they had this sequence they did where it was like a pre-cleanse, a cleanse, and a post-cleanse. And then they – so in phase one, the pre-cleanse were the enzymes and the product with uh, milk thistle and onion and garlic. And uh, it also had some essential oil components. And then in phase two was what they called the gut kill, where they actually targeted uh, the bad bacteria or the yeast growth through some products, again, that um, were designed to uh, naturally, not synthetically, but naturally target that bad bacteria and, and mitigate it uh, and help rebalance the body. And, and then in the third phase uh, was a probiotic follow-up. And all this, I was just like, wow. So I was like, I'm game. I'm willing to do this. Um, they taught awesome. me. Yeah, they and they taught me how to. Uh, I had never made a green smoothie before. <laughs> I know. Somebody's like, you need to do smoothies. I'm like, yeah, bananas, strawberries, and vanilla ice cream with some sugar. Right? That's my kind of smoothie. <laughs> so they well, go ahead. No, go ahead, Terry. I'm just saying. So as finally, I opened my mind to making some diet changes, and they weren't big diet changes at first. I mean, they they have since become big. But as they opened my mind to that, and then they put me on this process, um, I was blown away at what started to happen with my body. And so I'll just share a little bit. Um, yeah. On this first sequence, they took me through. And, you know, anytime you're doing something that's detox-oriented, um, and they, they you know, were great about educating me on, on what to expect. 
and then um, you know there's you're you're gonna your body's gonna be moving more you know so mm-hmm. uh, if we want to talk about elimination you know that's most of us <laughs> have an issue with that anyway right. and and they're like you know you're gonna be eliminating more um, just expect that. And then at the same time, you know, there might be some things that are emotional or there might be times you might not feel so well because we're trying to, um, you know, manage something in you that shouldn't be in you. And so as I went through that process, um, they, they coached me and then the first month, so that was, it's, it's a month process. It's like 10 day, 10 day, 10 day, 10 day pre-cleanse, 10 day cleanse, 10 day post-cleanse. Um, I finished the first cleanse and then they were, were like, listen, as you go through this, you, you want to keep eating clean. And that was a whole new notion to me about eating clean. It says a lot about where I was at. But they said, you don't want to undo the good work that you've already done. And so as I did that and then um, during the cleanse part, I, I, I cut back on my fitness a little bit just because of some of the things that I was experiencing during the, the cleanse and the detox. But here's what happened. As I finished that first sequence, I could feel my energy start to change. Mm-hmm. And I could feel like the, I call it the, the, the veil of brain fog or the brain fog. I, my mind, I started to think clearer. I felt better. I wasn't as sore. It was like, wow, something's going on. And then they, so they did that and then they, they put me on, um, some supplements with some enzymes and a probiotic for like two, three months. And then I did this cleanse process again. And here I'll get to the point of, of this, but, um, after I did that second cleanse process, I had continued my, my, uh, physical, uh, regime and I'm going to take you back to Dennis. Um, <laughs> I, as I finished that second process, um, uh, my body, something shifted. Uh, mm-hmm. It helped reset my metabolism. And all of a sudden, I went from 197, um, and over a process of three months, they, they had dropped me down. And, and again, I don't want to make this about the weight, but part of it was the weight, down to 175, Lisa. Wow. I never thought I'd see 175 in my life. But the bigger thing was that the energy – and yes. how I felt. So here's here's kind of the the, the pinnacle, and and Dennis might disagree with me, but here's how I remember it. We had uh, we had gone out for a ride, and it was actually a night ride, and I he I think he had noticed that I was getting a little faster or a little stronger, so I had been able to pull uh, for longer periods of time, but still not keeping up with him. But mm-hmm. on this one night, and maybe he just was having a bad night. I don't know. We went out and it was about a 22 mile loop we were doing around Portland, Oregon. And we're riding and he's like, you want to pull? And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of feeling it. I'll, I'll pull. And mm-hmm. so I'm pulling and he's like, you ready for me to pull? And I'm like, no. Awesome. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And he starts to try and catch up with me. And I'm like, this is awesome, <laughs> man. I'm gone. I'm out of here. And all of a sudden, yeah. And he's like, he's like, what is going on? And I'm like, I'm telling you, man, it's everything you've been trying to get me to listen to for the last year, right? Yeah. And I was just like, holy smoke. And so here, all of a sudden, I was like, dang. And you know, a lot of it was the training and, and I'd been doing this for a while, but as they helped me change my body and, mm-hmm. um, get my body to talk to each other, you know, help clearing out my liver, talking to my pancreas, 
help me change up my food, give me better fuel. It just, it, it blew my mind because for so long, um, I hadn't been able to, to move that needle, if you will. And so that, that, so as I was talking to him, I, I was like, you know, why, why don't more people know about this? Because I was just blown away at the results that I had had, and I knew a lot of my yeah a lot of my peers too were in similar situations. But at the time, so this was this was eight years ago. It, it's become more prevalent, like that term candida or yeast overgrowth has um, has become more prevalent. Mm-hmm. But with that, uh, I was like, you know, this is something that um, I I want more people to know about. And so the way that uh, life has a, an amazing way of, I guess, leading us, if you will, um, a couple years later, uh, I remarried, and uh, my wife, uh, Maria, now, had been involved with a company uh, called doTERRA, and they were the ones that made all these products. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, known, they're known for essential oils, but they were the ones that made all of these gut products, and these products used for... Uh, helping the body with detoxing and digestion. So uh, at this point now, uh, that's what I get to do. I get to help educate people. And it has been – so, again, going back to fear, and mm-hmm. I, I know we're, we're, we're coming up on some time here, but um, to me, nobody wants to be known as the candida guy, right? <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. So here – if you know people can go find me on LinkedIn, I've been blessed to work with a lot of amazing companies and do some really cool stuff uh-huh. that I'm very grateful for. But all of a sudden, I had to make a choice on what I wanted to do with my life, and uh, there presented itself an opportunity for me to work with my wife in her DoTerra business, and also it presented an opportunity for me to be able to go out and educate people about my story and mm-hmm. yeast overgrowth and candida. And I will tell you that there was fear there. Mm-hmm. I was fearful. I don't know if this is funny or not. I was fearful about changing my LinkedIn profile. Oh. Because, because all of a sudden, what are you going to change it to? The candida guy or <laughs> change it to, you know, uh, yeast consultant. I don't, I don't know. You know? And, and I'm like, you know, I've got, I've got some really cool connections on LinkedIn and all of a sudden, but the the um, impression and the passion and the opportunity was so uh, it was just there. I couldn't pass it up, and so that's that's what I get to do. And the people that we get to help is one of the most satisfying and fulfilling things that I get to do uh, with with our company. So we have a company, MyWellnessCleanse.com, mm-hmm. uh, in conjunction with um, our DoTerra business. And uh, what we do is uh, we help people find a place to start. That's, you know, just find a place to start. It's a great entry level detox slash yeast management program. And we have a really phenomenal process with great coaches. So, you know, you get a process, you get a coach, you get world-class products. Mm -hmm. And um, I absolutely love what, what I get to do in helping people that way. Well, Terry, I can't thank you enough for sharing. I mean, you're a great storyteller. I mean, you, you know, you got your point across, but in such a way that you made it fun, you made it hilarious, 
And a lot of what you said is going to continue to stick with me in a lot of different reasons, a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons. And I'm sure that this is exactly what uh, has resonated with the listening audience as well. And I mean, I had this visual of all these people who are instrumental in pulling you along for the journey. So you've got Dennis, you've got the Asian doctor, you've got the two gals, the health practitioners. And, you know, you are probably thinking you're kicking your feet going, yeah, whatever, whatever. But I mean, exactly. Right. And so. And I think that that is so important because we're going to come upon people in our lives, particularly when we get to a point where intuitively, health-wise, physically, whatever, something's going to go off inside of ourselves where we're going to say, no more. I can't live like this anymore. And in order to get to where you need to be health-wise, particularly when you're talking health, life, death, uh, in many respects, you know, you've got to listen to the people who are going to just give it to you straight. Don't listen to the people who are going to, you know, give you lip service or they're going to be more concerned with not offending you. There's no growth in that. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You got to step into it. You got to climb the mountain, whatever that yeah. mountain is for you. You got to climb the mountain. You got to get on the bike. You got to do whatever. And there's so many. Uh, this is why I love sports, and I'm a former athlete. This is why I love sports, and I love sports analogies because there's so many things within that that talk about leadership, that talk about mindset. So whether you can relate to Terry's specific circumstances or not, that's not the point. There is so much yumminess within this conversation. I can't wait for the pod la- podcast link to come out. I encourage people to take notes. I encourage people to go connect with Terry, uh, even if it's just to recalibrate your mindset, even if it has nothing to do uh, with, you know, Candida or anything like that. Go connect with Terry. I've, this has just been, I've gotten so many nuggets out of this, so I can't thank you enough, Terry. And I do have to say, once again, to my listening audience, I want to thank you for your loyal listenership. I want to thank everybody. We're here now hovering around 400,000 Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald podcast subscribers. What that says to me based on testimonials to people who reach out to me and say that they got certain something out of a particular guest or the conversation or whatever the case may be, how life transforming it has been. Uh, so I can't do this in a vacuum. The fact that the content and the guests and the caliber of what we're discussing is resonating with you and helping you make that necessary pivotal shift in your own life. I can't thank you enough. This is what it's all about. This is what we're here to do. The Terry's of the world, the Lisa McDonald's of the world, and you. You're a leader too. Step up, step into it. And I'm here to uplift you to fear less and to live more. I believe we're here to embrace that as our birthright and to get back on the track of living abundantly. So I want to thank you once again. I want to thank my friends and family over at C-Suite Radio Network, where you can find the podcast link of all live shows on my host page. I want to thank my sponsor, Halt and Honda, for believing in living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, so ultimately believing in myself and the guests and the content. And I want to encourage all of you, again, uplifting you to fear less and to live more. Be your own hero, be your own shero, be your own leader, be your own best friend. Till next week, I want to wish you a fantastic weekend. Please be safe. Take care of yourselves. Love and gratitude. All my best. Take care. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.